0: Hi, I'm NASM Master Instructor Rick Ritchie. Join me for the NASM CPT Podcast, where we take you through a unique journey on everything you need to know as a personal trainer. Science, technique, physiology, weight loss, muscle growth, nutrition, business. We dig into it all. You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search NASM CPT Podcast and subscribe.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Random Fit Show, powered by the National Academy of Sports Medicine. I'm here with you. I'm Ken Miller. Thank you. And uh, I'm joined by Miss Wendy Batts. Wendy, how are you today? I am
0: living the dream. How are you?
1: (laughs) Of course you are. Of course. I mean, well, I mean, you're, you're married to a wonderful man, caring yeah. smart, wonderful man, beautiful oh, wow. <laughs> yeah yeah so I mean I, I just know that if I if I were hanging out with uh, with you two, you and you and uh, your husband Tony, uh, we would be having a good old time and uh, of course you're living the dream because uh, you got all that. but uh, today, We've got mm-hmm. a wonderful, and I'm excited. A wonderful guest, and I'm excited about the topic because it's one that, uh, as personal trainers, or if you're listening and you're not a personal trainer and you're just uh, somebody who wants to live a better life, be healthier, and uh, you know make improvements in how you how you how you work out through nutrition, uh, we've got uh, Miss Michelle Ricker today with us. So, Wendy, I'm really excited for that. How's it going, Michelle?
2: I'm well. How are you guys today?
1: <laughs> well, we're
2: good.
1: We're, good. we're not uh, we're not as uh, comfy, cozy, and warm and toasty as you, but uh, <laughs> I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, California's okay today. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, southern Southern California. We're yeah, <laughs> Northern exactly. California. Different yeah. story. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> So I'm really excited, not just for the topic, which is uh, debunking uh, diet myths with science, uh, which is why we have you, Michelle, and I can't think of a I can't think of a better person to kind of touch this, not kinda, but touch this subject um, uh, more than you. But um, I'm also excited from the standpoint that you and I worked together. Geez, um, I don't know how many, fourteen years ago. Um, back in the day, 14, 15 years ago with Apex Fitness Group. Um, So we've talked a little bit, and instead of me kind of butchering up your resume, uh, can can you give us a, you know, just a little, fill us in on on why we're here today and what you've been doing for the last 14, 15 years since we had a last uh, chance to work together?
2: That's great. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, I know. It's been a little while, huh? So. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I mean, Apex was was really great. It was kind of my first, I guess, real step into the exercise nutrition space because before that I was director of nutrition and clinical and kidney dialysis. Um, and so I decided to, to shift over to prevention kind of from chronic. So since then I've been, you know, Working as a dietitian, but more um, had a private practice for a bit, but mostly helping companies kind of thing. So what I've been doing is I have some stuff with the Air Force, helping them and the enlisted and their kids do nutrition and fitness programs, um, some some different wearable stuff, um, all kinds of things. I'm, I'm working with the Senate right now a little bit, doing some nutrition webinars with them. has wow. been really fun. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? It's the Senate. So... Um, <laughs> We uh, we're, we're building this practice with them, <laughs> and uh, um, so that's been kind of fun. But yeah, I've really just been diving into the different spaces of supplement formulation and and trying to keep the whole nutrition big picture going. You know, and like I said, mostly helping companies build out some some pretty big programs and startups trying to get out um, the information. So so yeah, it's been really fun trying to keep the whole. Um, concept of of getting people motivated i guess for overall health because it's, mm-hmm. it's really challenging you know there's so much misinformation which i guess is why we're here today right <laughs>
1: yeah exactly yeah. and i and i know that you know it being you know as of this recording it's the beginning of the year um a lot of what you know is on top of mind for people is you know new year new you I don't, we hear that every year and the the cosmeticals of losing weight, uh, losing fat, and um, the the trend of incorporating a diet and changing habits, but then you know come uh, you know April May you know just to be generous with the timeline, people start to tail off when it comes to the things that they do to to improve their nutrition and their diet, and that's where I think uh, you know w- between Wendy and I we're going to be peppering you with some questions on okay well what is it that about nutrition that people need to understand when it comes to changing habits? And, and we'll talk about lifelong habits and, and things that you can do for, for forever or as long as you want to make changes in your life versus why people make a habit change and then and then drop off. You know what I mean? So.
2: Yeah, well, it happens pretty frequently. Wendy, do you want to jump in on that? Because Yeah.
0: Guess- I mean, I think, you know, I, I know when we when we spoke and I was so, so excited that you agreed to do this because I know as a trainer, I try to help multiple clients in, in different aspects of their life. So people that are sedentary and they want to do a complete lifestyle change and then obviously all the way up to professional athletes. And so one of the things that we we discussed and I think is very important to really talk about, especially on this podcast, is when somebody comes to you or if they were to come to a trainer or if you're trying to make lifestyle changes and you're you're not going to do either, like, what do you say when you're like, okay, I I am ready to start a diet, but I have no idea where to start, and I don't even know what that means because there's so much stuff out there in magazines on so you know on social media, and you, and you even see on the news, you know, and TV shows that are like they're losing this obscene amount of weight that isn't normally healthy. Like, how do you? How should we approach that as as you know, fitness professionals, but then also, you know, if you're sitting at home and you really want to make a lifestyle change, how do you know where to start?
2: Yeah, it's such a good question. And I get it. I mean, you probably hear it all the time. I get it all the time. (laughs) Like, Where do you even start? Right. Um, One of the things I really want to look at, because we're talking about diet myths, right? So if you think about diets in general, I think the biggest thing to look at for anyone, whether you're you're a fitness professional or you're someone who just wants to improve themselves, whether it's weight loss, you know, um, add add muscle, whatever it is, um, is to think about diets being either you're on a diet or you're off a diet, and I think that's really confusing for people, right? So like, what diet should I do today? Right. It's kind of to Ken's point is like, well, are you going to keep doing it through May or should we like look at something as a lifestyle? Right. So when we look at diets, they're typically like, hey, I'm going to do this now. And, you know, the concept with diet is if you change what you're currently doing, you're probably going to lose weight or you're going to get to closer to your goal for the month or two that you're doing it just because you're on it. (laughs) So there's something to say for being on or off a diet. You know, I think that's a really big thing for people to look at. And then the next big concept with, with diets is, you know, what, what's your goal? You know, are you looking for health improvements? Are you looking for performance? Are you looking for weight loss? I mean, there's a big difference in, in what you should do for your body based around those goals. So that's a really big concept that we could spend a lot of time on, but I think that's something, you know, for, for everyone to kind of consider when we talk about diets.
0: Absolutely. And I think that kind of goes around with the big, you know, another thing that you hear very often, especially in, in my line of work, and I'm sure yours, if somebody says, okay, so it's a simple formula, it's just calories in versus calories out. If I said that to you, what would you say? Is that true, and is that gonna change my entire, you know, like how, you know, am, am I gonna make some transformation by just doing that alone?
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> are we done
0: right now? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, girl, I'm ready. <laughs> you
2: no, know, it's it's really great, Wendy, because, because um, the concept is, yes, if you cut calories, you'll probably lose weight. The big picture, though, is if you cut calories and you do lose weight, your body adapts. And then it's going to make a bigger difference of whether you have carbs, proteins, and fats. Then you have to really pay attention. So it kind of is, yes, calories in versus calories out, but it kind of isn't, right? Our research is showing lately that, or over the years, probably Ken and I have known each other, you know, the past 10 years, we've, we've really dived in or Um, dived, we've dived in really deep. Yeah, we kind of come into a place where we looked at how the body works and how it uses food for fuel. And we've noticed that fat is actually a really big fuel source. So that's where like some of these fad diets come in is because, you know, we're not necessarily all about just calories in and calories out. It does make a big difference on how you get those calories in, what type of activities you're doing. So it's a really big question. And I think that's something as we go through some of these fad diets that we should discuss because it's not that cut and dry. And I wish it were, you know, that would be so simple. <laughs> and We can all just be like, yes, that is fantastic. Let's just cut calories and we're good to go you know, but it, but it's not quite that clear. And like I said, I think we've learned a lot over the years that we're going to kind of now come into like some difference between how much carbs do you have? How much fat do you have? And it's not, there's no like magic formula again. It's all based on your goal. And that's why it's so complex you know.
1: Yeah. Yep. So one of you mentioned fat and uh, since we're talking about diets, uh, one diet that's out there um, being the, the, going keto, I guess, uh, um, which is basically promoting, you know, a higher intake or higher percentage of intake of fat. So and again, as all three of us here have have heard and worked with clients, and uh, you know, when we're talking about anything that reduces carbohydrates, because a lot of times, you know, carbohydrates or carbs are seen as the villain, and that's what causes you to be Overweight or not have the body that you want, but when we talk about somebody taking on a keto-based diet, what is it about that diet and the the promotion of fat that people are are migrating to to help them get to the to their ideal body?
2: Yeah, good question, Ken. You know, like I hear it all the time, and keto is so hot right now. Um, and and there's reasons it is, right? Like if let's talk about what keto is, right? So keto is like you said, increasing your fat intake, right? It's typically if you're looking at going into ketosis, what you're doing is is let me back out just, just a tiny bit. I won't get too technical, yeah. but yeah. usually <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> yeah. For, my, for my sake. For my sake, please. <laughs> 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 no, I promise you, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like the body typically uses carbohydrates for fuel, right? That's kind of why our blood sugar fluctuates when we eat and that kind of thing. It's usually because the carbs go in, they give us energy, we use them and it goes out. Well, what we do in ketosis or keto is that we now take the carbs out and we use fat for fuel. And what they try to do in keto is you're eating good fats. So Atkins, if you remember that one, dig deep, um, that one's all about saturated fats and you can eat any kind of fat. Um, Well, that wasn't good for our heart. We found out because he died of a heart heart attack (laughs) anyway. So yeah, we realized that Atkins wasn't quite the best way to go. But when we look at um, ketosis or keto, um, the clean way to do that, and I say clean because that's putting the body in a state of ketosis, meaning that you use only fat for fuel. And the body can do that instead of the carbohydrates. And that's kind of what you know ketosis is. So when we're looking at the diet itself, that makes sense, right? The body can do that. The brain is made of fat, so it's energizing there. Um, it actually helps with reducing cancer. You don't have any sugars in the body. Um, you know, those that are epileptic, we see some good results. But for you and I, for the average person, if you're not having carbohydrates in the body, your body isn't fueled properly, right? Right. And so you really need to look at how the body works when we're looking at the keto diet, right? So putting yourself in ketosis, meaning like no carbs, no carbs at all, meaning fruits, vegetables, starches, all those are carbs. So yeah, right. so if you your body in that state, it's going to now be able to fuel, but over a long period of time, it's not healthy for you. The body can't sustain that at a normal rate in ketosis. There's a big difference. And I say that I'm, I'll let you guys jump in in a second because I yeah. feel like I'm rambling on, but um, <laughs> it's like when you're in ketosis, There's a difference between that and actually doing what most people are doing with keto is kind of a modified or what we call like dirty keto. Um, There's a big, big place for that right now. People are not doing it correctly, meaning that they're not in full ketosis. They're eating a little bit more protein or a little bit more carbohydrate that's sending the body into a little bit more of a carbohydrate space than fat. And so now, all of a sudden, you're not fully in ketosis, so the body isn't quite doing it properly. It's not quite functioning all the way, one way or the other, and it's really hard on the body. And that's where we're seeing a lot of people are like, keto works. It's so fantastic of energy for a short period of time, Right. or they're saying, oh, my God, I'm in keto, and it's not doing anything. I feel horrible or whatever because I have no energy, and that's because they're doing Modified or dirty keto typically, right? That's my ramble Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. Wendy. I
0: was just gonna say I have a question about that because another common question that I hear when people say that is is If they go into like they're doing the keto diet and then they say as soon as I started eating carbs again I gained a ton of weight and it was because I was depleted now my body's holding on to it and I'm not using that for energy So that's a huge myth that I hear now. So when somebody says that to you, meaning that they've depleted that, that, you know, that macro for so long and now you're bringing it and incorporating it back in, what do you say to people about the transition back to a normal diet that does start to incorporate all, all the three major macros?
2: Yeah, it's funny. It's kind of like what I said earlier is that you're either on or off a diet. So if you, if you're doing keto and then all of a sudden you like go back to your normal eating, what was that? You know, you're, you're probably a little bit more overweight than you were when you were on keto (laughs) and then you go back to your normal way of eating. Of course, your body's going to go back to that state. You know, we will fluctuate to where, um, we typically where our body feels comfortable. And if you're feeding it certain foods, it's going to look a certain way. So that depletion thing is totally, we can debunk that right now, you know, like, it's really not, it's not a thing. (laughs) It's like, if you have carbohydrates, carbohydrates hold on to a little more fluid. That's the way the body works. That's why you can stay hydrated, you know? So yeah, you're going from fat and a little bit of protein to adding in carbs Yes, you're not going to be as completely depleted. You're not going to be as completed, I guess, or depleted. Gosh, that was hard to say. And, <laughs> and you're going to now like actually have your body work on a blood sugar response. And when it does that, it has to do it properly. If you're going to have peaks and valleys in blood sugar, which is what happens when you don't do carbohydrates right, that's why we gain weight, then your body's not going to react properly. Whereas in ketosis, you're like, Flatlined in a way. And so you are a little depleted. And now you have to regulate again. It's not that it's all or nothing. And the body's now like, Oh, my God, I don't know what to do with this. It's really getting your body back into a normal system is really what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, and this is one of those things when I was when I was looking this up again, again, I don't like to come into these conversations totally blind. But the, the fact that you know, this is a this is a diet plan or a, a, a way of eating that's been around since 1920. So when you talk about um, you know being used initially in um, in a more medical scenario with with seizure you know with you know helping with epileptic seizures and things like that and how that's helped people that way. But the fact that it's been around, I mean, just think that in the 1920s people were looking at okay, how am I going to eat or what what way can I eat to help me feel better. So when we, you know, and again, talking about the clients, the different clients, and I get this question about this way of eating from clients that are in their twenties, as well as clients that are in their fifties and sixties. But considering that this has been a diet, a way of eating for some people or a diet as you will um, since 1920, that, that was one of the more amazing things about this diet. It was like, wow, it's, it's, that's why it's proliferated over the years because it's been around since, oh, geez. I mean, 19... that's a long time. A hundred years.
2: That was some exactly. I was like, what oh, <laughs> oh, <man." man. laughs> In my head is that
1: 70, 80, 90. That's a hundred years now.
2: Yeah, right?
1: around. Yeah. But, but um, let me ask you this, you know, because a lot of times, you know, I'll, the same conversation I'll have with about keto, I'll also get have the same, in the same breath, you know, the word paleo will come up, right? And that's and that's another thing. So when whenever anybody brings up a, a diet plan, you know, whether it's Mediterranean, keto, or paleo, or, or whatever the name is, I always ask that clarification question. It's like, well, what does that look what does that diet plan look like to you? And then as soon as they start to describe it and what they're actually doing in their efforts to execute that diet plan, then you realize, you know, when you say keto versus dirty keto. Uh, that was a real eye opener. Cause I haven't heard that phrase before. It's like they're, they're, they're doing it, but they're not really doing it. But, um, but with, but with, um, you know, talking about paleo now, that's, that's oftentimes brought in, in the same breath, right? I mean, is is that your experience when, when people are, they, they bring up the two, but they really don't distinguish the exactly. two?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And, you know, just to, to quickly like, finish up the keto conversation is that I am not totally opposed to like having a modified keto the thing about most of these diets and I think this in moderation and it feels good for you and you're having energy and you can perform and you're getting to your goal I think that's what we need to really pay attention to so you know modified keto if doing properly like there's we need good facts fats. We really right. do. We need a lot of them. And I think a lot of people, you know, in this whole low carb thing, haven't done that yet. So like, we're not transitioning to eating a lot more good fats, but we do need some carbs. And when I say carbs, you know, it's not, we, I don't mean white bread. You know, like we do need carbohydrates, however that is, whether it's fruits, vegetables, like I said, or like whole grain stuff. There's a lot of options when it comes to carbohydrates, even though they have this bad name. But yeah, to your point of like keto and paleo, we, we really don't because like you said, most people don't do your research, Ken, like, you know, they're not not looking this up and being like, Hey, I need to figure out what I'm doing. They hear the word, their friend tells them, Hey, you should do, you know, and that's really how it goes. Right. (laughs) And then they're like, Hey, I'm eating fat and you know, I'm keto. Well, no, you're, you're really either modified keto, dirty keto, or like you said, maybe even paleo. So one of the differences where those kind of like there's there's a clear line, but most people don't see it, is that paleo tends to have a lot more protein to it um, and protein, meaning like you can eat anything. It's a little bit more similar to an Atkins kind of like there isn't much distinguishing between the types of fats and um Keto is pretty low in protein. If you really look at it, that's why I said most people do a dirty keto because, right. because they add a lot more protein than they really should. Um, when they're trying to like get the body in that state, you know, cause it is really good. I mean, it's, it's good for the brain to have that, that cleansing, but not for a long period of time. Um, so yeah, so when you move into paleo, it's kind of like, I think that was really big in the CrossFit space for a long time. You know, like I right. heard that so much, and I think it still kind of is because they can perform at really high levels, and and that in that performance space, they're still adding in some carbs. You know, and and they don't talk about it again. I think all diets are like very fluctuating, meaning that a lot of them are modified, and people don't really talk about it. They either say, "I'm on this." Well no if you read exactly what it is the description of it you're not right. <laughs> but you can say that you're close to it you know <laughs> like yeah i right. think that's the big distinguishing factor that most people get confused by they're like i'm on this you know and and it's almost like this i take ownership of it it's it's very um personal i think most diets are you know
1: like <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah definitely um so when when it comes to and and one of the, the things you know when when we were still traveling and and, and and going to different gyms, you know, one of the big things, as you're saying, like uh, you know, there, there's a few host sites that we go to, and they would sell like those pre packaged uh, those prepackaged meals. So on your way out, you're grabbing something to go, and it it'll say keto friendly or paleo friendly, and and you know, if you're hungry, you're hungry, You're like, uh, which one, you know, which one looks better? Oh, this one has the, this one has the squash in it. So it's, you know, so that's the paleo. And this one has, you know, avo- you know, a lot more avocado or whatever. And um, yeah, so when you're talking about, you know, it is pretty individualized, and it is pretty specific. And I think that's where I mean, me having, you know, more of a Pacific Islander culture, it's it, having, you know, both of these diets, do not work in my in my mom's house, right? So that's where that's where I, I live, live vicariously through you guys when it comes to learning about these diets. Because high protein, higher higher fat, higher protein, and no rice. What what you know? Uh, so when it when it comes to these diets, all all I have to go off of really is well. I mean, I I, I I'd be remiss to say that I didn't try it, but it's very hard to. Uh, and I think going back to the whole diet thing. Um, if it's hard culturally, or if it's not, if it doesn't work, if it's not compatible with your household, then you start to get those one-offs and the dirties get thrown in there. And, um, but with the paleo, I see more people, you know, accidentally migrating towards that than the, the stronger effort that's required to go to keto. I mean, I know we're not here to this versus that, but
2: it's a great point, Ken, because That's the thing with these diets is that it has to be sustainable, right? I mean, that's the thing we're finding with, with keto that was with Atkins, even with paleo, like you said, you know, you're, you need to live your life. And like you said, back when we traveled or when we were social, (laughs) um, you know, we were going to people's homes or we were eating out in restaurants. And in order to do some of these things, you really have to like pay attention and restrict You know, and sometimes that doesn't work with, like you said, with your culture or with other people, you know. And so I think that's why so many diets fail is because they're not sustainable. And it's really something to think about as you're moving through these and figuring out what works best for you is that, is this something you can do long-term? And that's kind of why I said diets are typically, these diet plans are typically on or off because, It's not something you can do in the long haul, like you said. Whether it's culture, whether it's just eating that much fat or eating that much protein, you know, sometimes you just can't do it for that long. You know, it's really challenging sometimes. So, you know, that's something to think about as you're, you know, looking through these diet plans because it it's really confusing. And think about your life is really the way to look at these. You know, can you do it? And then, you know something that's kind of a little bit off topic, but, but related is that I do a lot looking at your DNA. And if you look at your DNA, you can tell your nutrition and your fitness. um, And that's like little pieces of your DNA that I can look at. But if you really look at people's DNA, some people do well with like high saturated fat, and it doesn't cause heart disease. But until you know that, you have to go by what feels good. And, and that's body awareness. And I think we've lost that over time because of these things, you know, because of these fad diets, it's like, oh, I'm just going to do this, whether I feel good or not. <laughs> well, you need to really start thinking about your goal and how you feel. <laughs> I mean, those are big things. So yeah.
0: Well, I know, um, you know, I, I know that, that keto is the big one that I've, I've heard about. But another really big one that I get questions on, plus a lot of people that I work with, um, you know, meaning my clients, um, depending on, on what level they are, but let's say that they're athletes, the big, big thing that they're doing now is intermittent fasting. And there is a ton of, you know, podcasts and a a ton of information out there that if you eat in just this short amount of window and you can eat pretty much what you want, but from the time that you start to this time and that's it, you can't have anything else other than water any other time, or you're breaking your fast. Um, that there's been a lot of positive research on that, and that people will tend to lose weight if they end up just eating in a short window. However, where the confusion I think lies, and I want you to maybe kind of talk about this if you if you don't mind, but not only what is intermittent fasting, I mean, I, I want you to kind of go through that. But then, you know, back in the day, you also heard as soon as you wake up, if you eat something, even if it's small, it's gonna trigger your metabolism and you're gonna burn, you know, you lose weight all day because you started your, your churning of your stomach and therefore you're going to burn more calories so that's why it doesn't work so you know in your experience if you could talk about what it is and then why it could be beneficial to some someone and why it's okay that maybe you wait and only eat for you know starting at noon to six or noon to eight depending on your your fasting window is there only a certain amount of hours that you recommend if you are going to do that and do you find that to be a healthy approach to to eating and and getting into that habit.
2: Yeah, big big question. So, let's yeah. <laughs> one
0: kind of them all in one. So, you never know right. what you're going to get from there, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: I love it. You're right. I mean, it's huge. And um, intermittent fasting kind of in a way goes with keto. It seems like um you know, so intermittent fasting has been it's kind of like, like keto Ken. it's been around for a very long time. If you think about hunting and gathering, right? They didn't have food available all the time, right? So we were going big periods of time without eating is really what intermittent fasting is. And we've been able to now narrow it down to the health benefits. If you go, you know, anywhere between 14 and 18 hours, that's like, you know, you start seeing benefits. There And then you can do a couple day fasts or, you know, longer from there um, or every other day, something like that. That's what kind of intermittent fasting is. Um, Typically, I'm seeing people do, you know, kind of the 18 hour window or, you know, 14 to 18 hour window and then eating within a period of time. Um, Again, with intermittent fasting, it's what you're eating during the time that you are supposed to eat. Okay, so there's a big um, benefit to giving your body this long period of time without eating. Um, Really good benefits, actually. So if you go that period of time, what you do is your body now can start kind of building its own um, response, kind of thing. If you think about it, so your AMPK, your muscle can regenerate on its own. Your now your your brain can actually start. Um, regenerating um, basically on its own because everything's cleared out. You don't have any blood sugar response to influence how it's responding and and or reacting. So your body's almost clear if you think about it that way. And it can start, like I said, doing its own processing. And that's what intermittent, intermittent fasting um, has its benefits. So the thing that happens when you're like, let's say it's an eight hour window, like you mentioned, Wendy, um, of eating. So you have this eight-hour period where you're eating. Well, the thing that you're supposed to do is eat all the food that you would typically eat in your normal day in those eight hours, right? So you're not cutting out a meal. This isn't a diet where you're like elimination diet. You're not cutting out a meal. You're eating all your calories. If you're on a 2,000-calorie diet, you eat 2,000 calories in your eight-hour window. Again, what's happening is people aren't doing that. Right. So we're saying I'm intermittent fasting, but I'm not eating the proper foods within the eight hour window. And then your body's not getting that same benefit because then you're depleted and then you're on a desert island and your body's starving and it's trying to look for food. It's not working right. Right. Then you're like, then your whole body is just in um, starvation mode. Right. So there's a difference between feeding it in a small window, which is intermittent fasting. And then you can get the benefits because then your body has enough food, it's cool, it's ready to go. Then those other hours, it can like function properly, right? So there's, there's the thing with intermittent fasting. That's why I think that it actually could be okay for people if you do it right. You get in your carbs, protein and fat in that window that you're eating good to go, man. Like then you're solid. Then if you even work out, um, when in the fasted state, your body has enough to support it. It actually can function properly. Your brain is like firing like nobody's business, you know, then it's okay. But if you're not getting that proper food again, then you're, like I said, you're, you're in starvation mode and you're depleted and your body is not running on all cylinders. Like it's not firing appropriately. So that's kind of like to the first, you know, point that you made, Wendy, is like, yeah, I think it's OK. There are benefits. But what um, about
0: um, is there a window like, you know, when you said eight hours and, and I don't know if that's that's right. I don't know if it's six. hours. I've heard six hours for some eight hours on, on a, you know, from other people as well um, that kind of talk about this thing. But is it better to do the eight hours? in the morning? Is it better to do it in the afternoon and the evening, or is it just better for you to do it whenever you know that you've got that, eight, eight, that that eight hours? Like, does your body respond differently depending on the time of day that you do your fasting?
2: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's a great question too, because it's really when you can. Um, so the benefit is those hours that you're not eating regardless. I mean, that bottom line is that's when you're getting the benefit. So, you know, When when I was doing it and um, because I like to I like to try all these, you know, I don't you know, when I formulate a supplement, I like to try it, you know, and when I do these diets, i like to like try it out and see what it's all about, you know. And so for me, it worked better to go from, you know, after dinner to, you know, 16 hours after that of not eating. So then I would, you know, have dinner, um, not eat until um, like lunchtime the next day and I would work out in the mornings and I had a lot of energy actually, like it was, it was fine for me. Um, and then I would eat and then I would make sure that I would get, Um, the amount of food that I needed between like, you know, one o'clock and and eight o'clock or something or whatever it was. Um, But yeah, I think it's more whatever works with your schedule. You know, if you have kids, it might not work that way. If you, you know, if you are more of like a late night person, then you want to keep your food there. You know, it's very individual. But again, the benefits are during the time that you're not eating. And so like I said, there's, there's different ways to do it. And all of them have different benefits like one of the biggest things when you're not eating and like I said, whether it's you know 18 hours or a full day, whether it's 24 hours or two days, whatever, you're getting a lot of benefits that way. And what happens is our cells kind of regenerate. And it's like cell autophagy is what they call it. And without being too, you know, technical kind of thing, but the, the cells kind of need to regenerate on their own and get rid of like the the bad stuff in our body basically. Um, Same with our brain. Like, that's why we sleep, you know, and we need to like clean out all the gunk that's in our brain. And that's the only time it can do it. So it's like that when we're in intermittent fasting, we kind of go through this time period and the body just regenerates on its own. Our muscles actually do as well. And so uh, there isn't like a if you do this a number of hours, you're going to have the best benefit. You know, I wish I could oh, say
0: Come that. on, Michelle. I want you to give me the secret sauce because no, I, I mean, apparently it. it's there. Everyone said it's there. I just can't seem to find it. But I know, I it's, know.
2: Like what, it's whatever you can do. I would say, you know, I can, I try to tell people start with 12 hour windows of not eating. If you can do that, you're getting benefit. Then, if you can go 14 hours, you're getting benefit. If you can go 16. Awesome. Great benefits there. You know, like, yes, the more that you do sometimes, as long as you're eating in between again, and, and making sure that your body has the proper nutrition is kind of what I can, what I can stress with, with intermittent fasting. Cause you know, again, but it depends on if you're an elite athlete, it depends on your goal. You know, if you're trying to put on, on size, you're trying to put on some huge amount of muscle you really need to work at this. You can do it with intermittent fasting for sure. Definitely can do it, but you need to work harder probably because you got to fit a lot of food in there, you know, and, and depends on your training. So again, it's like, what's your goal? And, you know, but as far as like big picture benefit, yeah, do some hours of not eating and let's, let's see how it goes, but make sure you, you know,
0: (laughs) Well, I know that we're starting to run short on time, but I, I really want to discuss one more thing if you, if you don't mind, but because we, we do have those people that just are like anti-meat, they're all about the vegan diet. So, and your, you know, with your expertise, like, what do you say to people that, to me, I love meat, so I can never imagine doing this. Like I am all about the cow, but, but besides that, you've got the people that are just, you know what, I can only eat, you know, this way I'm going vegan. Um, do you see, like, w- what are some myths that you hear about a vegan diet? What are things to watch out for? Like, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I, again, that's kind of a big one right now, too. The They call it now plant-based. Oh, so sorry. Before, yes. <laughs> so let's get this straight right now. Let's just talk <laughs> about <it. laughs> Pardon me.
0: Okay, talk to me about exactly. plant-based
2: diet. So, yeah. <laughs> When Ken and I worked with each other, plant-based was you're going to eat a few more vegetables. And then all of a sudden, like yeah. vegan came in and they were like, oh, we're going to call this plant-based now because it's much cooler. So I I, I have nothing against being vegan. Um, I, I am not personally, um, but I think that we really need to take precaution. And some people go into it pretty blind, meaning like, oh, it'll just be good for me. And I think Um, If you've watched that documentary Game Changers um, that actually put a really big push into the whole vegan space. And they brought up a lot of things that since then we've been able to debunk. I mean, the things that they brought up were not necessarily facts. They were um, it was very challenging um, to watch. But the thing with being vegan is you're missing a lot of nutrients. And unless you're doing it properly, again, um, especially for women, um, this is what I find a lot is that women don't do as well vegan. Um, And a lot of people go into eating vegan, meaning like just no meat and I'll eat whatever else you have to really pay attention because the nutrients aren't as available. You know, a lot that we're getting from meat would be the B vitamins, iron, all those things that are really key for women, Um, for men, too. but especially for women. And if you're not paying attention to supplementing, um, then you're gonna miss that and your body is not going to perform Um, at its best, your metabolism is going to really take a dive. And it's going to be really hard for the body Um, for energy. Like I said, the iron and the B vitamins are really big for energy and cell metabolism. So if you're not getting that properly, and it's really hard, like I said, when you're eating vegan to get those in. So you need to make sure that you're taking like an additional supplement with that. So I'm not anti vegan. I'm just saying like, When you look at that as like a a diet option, you really have to pay attention to what you're eating because you can't just eat like chips. You know, chips are great. They're vegan, you know, but yeah, you can't eat those all day and get the right nutrients. So like there's a big difference. I was
0: going to say, you can eat them all day. All right. (laughs) You can have just one.
2: (laughs) We got our carbs. Check.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So, oh, thanks. yeah, no, that's that's I mean, that's awesome information just because, yeah, like like you guys like plant based. I, I mean, you hear a lot of that. And again, that's usually an option in that fridge at the entrance way of the gym. And you have your keto, paleo and plant based. So, yeah, and, and that clears up a lot. But, um, you know, especially with the, the female um female clients that are paying attention and, and they do want to get involved with with that with that diet plan I didn't realize that um, you know those special considerations as far as you know what you know what the female physiology might need and, and what you're missing through that through that way of eating so thank you Michelle that's uh, that's, that's, that's yeah, good I, information
2: also with that just want to add one more thing With when it comes to vegan is that you know we're seeing a lot more plant-based proteins out there. And that's a really, um, a really big differentiator, right. Between just having typically as it was whey protein and now we're having pea proteins and everything. But one thing to really look at with, with being vegan or any kind of plant-based proteins is making sure they're complete proteins. And I find that with um, anyone that's going vegan or vegetarian is that you really need to make sure you're getting the right protein for your body and getting enough of it. And again, I especially see that with women. Um, I think men tend to be a little bit more aware of their protein, Um, but yeah, it's like, you know make sure that you're getting complete proteins and, and it's really difficult in the plant world. I mean, you have to search it out and you have to have more of it typically than you would like a meat or whey protein so something to really pay attention to if you are going vegan or vegetarian just make sure that you're getting enough protein throughout the day because not only does it help with hormones and energy but it also checks with your blood sugar regulation and if you're not keeping that in check then you're going to have nothing for your performance or your activities or energy or brain function i mean it just keeps going but you know, really check and make sure that you're getting complete proteins because that's that's big in the vegan space,
1: plant based. Yeah. Pl- space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old, habits, old habits die hard, right, Michelle? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no this this has been this is this has been a, a lot of great information. So I I, I hope that those of uh, of you listeners that are are paying attention. I mean, we've touched on some some pretty. High, highly, I guess, asked questions about keto, paleo, intermittent fasting. Like you guys said, that's a really big one. And then now plant-based. Um, and as far as nutrition goes, and, and again, it being the beginning of the year, uh, these are things that are people, uh, these are habits that are more likely going to be tried more often than not in my experience when, you know, year after year and New Year's resolutions and things like that. So I think, uh, you know, we've exposed a lot as far as what myths uh, are out there regarding eating habits and, and, and diets that are out there. So Michelle, thank you so much for this, uh, for this wonderful episode on debunking diet myths with science. So appreciate you so much.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here. I appreciate it. I
1: know we got, we got to do this again. This is just sure. been too fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not that, not that I don't like spending my one-on-one time with you, Wendy, but uh
0: I'm, 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 I'm. Yeah, I, let's share. I'm good. <laughs> so this, this is stuff that I find fascinating personally. So, I mean, on a selfish note, Michelle, thank you because you definitely, um, you know, taught me a few things. Not only not to call it vegan anymore, however, but there was just a lot of really good information. So, I really, really, and you know, I'm so thankful that you decided to do this with us. And thank you very, very much.
2: Awesome. You're welcome. It was great being on here. I appreciate it. It was fun questions too.
1: So. All right. So, uh, if you, if you like what you listened to today on random fit, please like, follow, share, subscribe, download, on on whatever platform that you guys listen to your podcasts on. So, uh, we hope to see you again. And if there's anything you want to hear, reach out to us here at random fit and we will, uh, We'll try to get topics on here that you guys will enjoy and more importantly, uh, appreciate when it comes to improving your lifestyle and, and achieving better health and performance. So thank you guys for being here with us today and we will see you soon. Take care.